We are live again. Oh, man. So, uh, this podcast is brought to you also by the city of Rich Hill, the mayor of Rich Hill. Uh, and the reason I say that is because he put out that, you know, he wasn't going to run for mayor for people to put in their name for, uh, you know, a mayor spot and nobody has signed up. So I haven't seen it, but I heard that, uh, he came out and said that he's, is going to run just so there's not a write-in candidate that and somebody puts in and then somebody gets in there and has no idea what's going on and kind of screws everything up. Um, so I commend him for that. Um, and he's got to resign in August for personal reasons. So I do not know what those personal reasons are, but uh, I'm happy that he's running. Um, you know, he has done a lot. Just from what I can tell, he's done a lot. City Council has done a lot. Uh, for the town over the last year uh, and you know one of the things they're putting on the ballot to vote for is selling the electric which I think is a good deal and a lot of people that I talk to say the same thing so I think he's done great things and the city council has done great things for this town nobody wants to give them credit where credit is due and I will and, you know, there has been issues with people didn't like some of the city workers and people don't like the way they're doing the ditches and, and this, that, and the other. To, I mean, but they're not offering their solutions. Like, you know, how do we fix this? So, and, you know, everybody knows that the t- roads are bad. And I think that's one of the reasons that they're looking at selling the the electric other than they don't have the manpower. They get rid of this expenditure and make a little bit of money. They can put it elsewhere, like in the roads or wherever type situation. So I commend them for that. Um, So if you listen to this and you know somebody that's on the city, city council or on, uh, well, that would be it on the city council or is a mayor and you want them to hear the first, I don't know, three or four minutes of this, uh, like it, share it, bad face it, let them know it's out there. And, you know, just cause they get a few people that are mad or upset at them or yell at them. It's not the, it's not the whole town, at least not with me. Um, and, you know, I've talked to a few city council members. I've talked to the mayor and, you know, I told him I'm here to help. That's all I'm doing. I'm, I'm here to help. If you need, if, I, if the equipment breaks down and you need somebody uh, out there digging ditches, call me. I'll probably be able to dig for about two minutes and then I need uh, oxygen. Just FYI. <laughs> So, there's that. Um, 
this episode is now going to transition into Rich Hill Varsity Basketball. Holy moly. So, Rich Hill Varsity Basketball played last night. And I haven't done a a podcast on uh, either the girls' team or the boys' team. And I just want to put it out there that I'm always proud of Rich Hill, whether they win or they lose. Whether I critique them or give them praise, I am always proud of the Rich Hill Athletic Department. So with that said, the JV boys played last night. They played two quarters. And uh, for the most part, they've, they've always looked good. Um, and I, I do have a son that plays on the JV team. And he'll, he'll talk to me a little bit. And sometimes I got to remember that I'm his dad and not his coach. And because, you know, I'll tell him, like, well, this, I don't know why you're shooting a three when you should be moving in. I tell him that he looks lost out there. (laughs) Probably things he doesn't want to hear, but I want to be honest with him. Like, hey, man, like, if you don't know, you need to stop during practice. You need to stop like, coach, I'm confused. What do you want me to do here? Because you're running around like a chicken with its head cut off. And I know there's other people that have said it. And if you haven't said it, now you can laugh about it if you listen. (laughs) Um, But the JV looks good. Uh, The JV, or the Varsity Girls played last night. And I I tell you what, the officiating last night was getting on the verge about a hand. And I just, I was shaking my head. I was laughing. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, do these officials not take pride in what they do? And I'll explain more as I get into this episode. But we're going to talk about the varsity girls uh, basketball team. They couldn't buy a shot last night. Holy moly. They could not buy a shot last night. And I was talking to one of my buddies and and he, he said well I don't think I've, I've watched a girls game yet and I said they're pretty good they are they they play with a lot of heart um, they they can shoot the ball they can rebound the ball they're aggressive and man did we we couldn't buy a shot last night. We were off. And we still won the game. Resiliency. They were up by, I don't know, 8, 12, something like that. And then we were tied. And then we were losing. And then, you know, they kept pushing. They kept shooting the ball. And, you know, it was, <clears throat> it was, some of them were in the rim in the basket, and they pop back out, and it's like, oh, man. Um, and, you know, the girls were getting frustrated. The 
other girls uh, Osceola were getting frustrated. So, I mean, it's it's basketball, um, and you know, you're not going to hit every shot. You just got to keep pushing. A um, lot of lot of bad decision making, uh, passing the ball, but we stuck to it, um, and. The girls have a very good team. Um, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of this year, but I think they're all coming back next year with the exception of maybe two. Two seniors, and one of them, you know, starts. I think. I could be wrong. So, they have the talent. They could do big things this year, I think, um, I think they're well coached, um, and I was told, I was told last night that, uh, some of the players are afraid of the coach, and I said, good, I said, they should be, I said, you want to, I said, it doesn't need to be a, a fear that they're scared to play for you, it's a fear to let you down. That's the type of mentality that these players need to have. Like, man, I can't let Coach down. Because it's not about letting him down. It's about letting your team down. They just not might not be thinking it that way. So, um, we, got, we got some shooters out there. Um, you know, turtle lot, banging on the boards. Um, query. Uh, Query, she's just an athlete, and then Clintic uh, as well, and it's it's amazing. You got Mackie out there; um, they can handle the ball. They can play the wing position that shoots the three. Um, trying to think of some other um, uh, Trinity Turtlelot, or I'm sorry, Trinity Burris. Just uh, so I think she gets in her head too much. And just from watching last night, I she was second-guessing herself. Like, sometimes she would go to pass, but she, w- she wouldn't pass it when she was supposed to. And then she would think about it, and then by the time she let it go, it was too late, and they would pick it off. Uh, just, just small things that you tweak. Get out of your head, and it'll be better. She's a good ball player, um, and she sh- uh, she can shoot the three as well. Um, and then you got uh, Kaden Koontz that plays down low, um, and and she bangs bangs the board as well. So you know, um, there's that. Uh, they they do tend to foul have like these tiki tack fouls. Uh, like she had one last night that the, the girl jumped up to shoot. And before she even released the ball, uh, shit, the ball might've been released, but she went to block her out. And to me, it kind of looked like a little cheap shot um, to let you know, like, Hey, I'm here. And I get it. It happens, but you know, you got to play smart. 
and you know you get into conference play or district play and it's a tight game and you do that and that ends up costing you the game you know so then we'll talk about the boys and this is what I've said about the boys that there's no there's no teamwork it was a one man show and that was it and everybody I say everybody knew it when I say everybody everybody outside of Rich Hill all the other teams I've talked to a few coaches um, about it they would uh, they would tell me hey we, we already know Rich Hill's game plan I don't know what happened but in the last I don't know three or four games they they're playing as a team. They're passing the ball. They're moving the ball. And they're looking good doing it. Um, you know, when you're driving and everybody collapses on you, that's not the time to shoot the ball. If everybody collapses on you, that you got three or four guys on you, guess what? There's guys open. And they, they have learned that. Um, still a lot of unnecessary turnovers, but that's okay. I mean, it happens. Uh, adrenaline, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's fine. Uh, we started pretty good and then we kind of went hot or went cold and then we had to, you know, heat it back up. Um, and that's fine. But the Rich Hill varsity boys are looking night and day compared to when they started. Night and day. And it, it's it's amazing. Um, he, I say he, the coach, is playing Chandler. And so before I, I say that, I had heard through the grapevine that, you know, it's hard to run an offense when you don't have a true point guard. I concur. I agree with that. But there's nothing to say that your freshman can't start. There's nothing that says that. I understand that you want to get him some JV minutes. But sometimes, as it benefited the team, they may not get a lot of JV playing time. Their playing plan time needs to be varsity. So, Mr. Chandler um, is a very good ball handler, very good point guard, or can be a very good point guard. And this is what I noticed last night. Hey, uh, my son had brought it up, and I said, I said, you know, for Aiden, or for Aiden, for Chandler to be playing varsity as a freshman, I said, he should be proud. I said, but, I said, if he wants to continue to play varsity, he needs to do three things. Number one, he needs to follow through on his shot. 
Number two, he needs to make a decision and run with it. Stop turning the ball over. Making bad passes. He had, I'd probably say, six of those last night. Maybe a few less, maybe a few more. And the third thing, probably more important than even the shooting, he needs to play defense. You want to continue to play varsity, you have to play defense. You have to. And as quick as he is, as quick as his hands are, he should be averaging at least four steals a night. At least. But I'm going to tell you what happens. I don't know if this is his case, but I'm going to tell you what happens. Players these days are more focused on scoring than they are playing defense. They want to score, score, score. It's not about scoring. I promise you this. A college will pick you up if you average 12 points a game, but your average steal is 8 points, or 8 steals a game. I promise you that. Or if you're averaging 8 steals a game, and then you've got like 5 more tipped passes, that, that, that doesn't constitute as a steal because it went out of bounds or, you know, they got the ball back. But you're you're getting them frustrated. And that's why I say that about, you know, the steals and, and the defensive aspect of it. You know, it it, it is what it is. Um, but the boys, uh, they were just as resilient. They, they played a good Osceola team. Osceola's good. They are. They got some ball handlers. They got this kid that's—I uh, don't know how tall he is. He's—he's he's fairly tall, but he can jump too. Number fifteen, I think, um, if I remember right. Uh, very good athlete. So um, there's that. The then you got uh, also coming off a bench is. Uh, As a, I think he's a freshman. I always get him confused if he's a freshman or if he's a sophomore. But Mr. Black, um, and he's tall. And it always trips me out, and I don't know why. But it always trips me out when these tall guys have dribbling skills. Um, you know, you got McGall Case that uh, can dribble the ball, and he's tall. Uh, Mr. Black, they can dribble the ball. And he's tall, tall and linky. Um, so there's that. Uh, so this is this is what I'm talking about. Like they've they've really come a long way. The beginning of the season wasn't a lot of ball movement. It was one or two guys driving the ball, shooting the ball, missing the ball. Defense getting the rebound, and then they would be running back to the other end. This is what I have been seeing the last two or three games is bring the ball down, may or may not drive the guy bringing the ball down, but they pass the ball. They pass the ball to the wing. The wing looks down low. Nobody there passes it right back to up top, and then they either give it back to the wing or they swing it to the other side. 
That's how you move the ball. That's how you move the ball. I did talk to one of the players last night, um, and I said, hey, I said, you, you have to slow down. You have to play under control. You can't do anything when you're out of control. Whenever you're running, if the ball is a foot out in front of you, you can't maintain the ball. Or if your body's in front of the ball, you can't dribble the ball. You know? Their defense has been getting better. I've seen guys with their hands up. Like, that's a thing nowadays. Like, they don't put their hands up on defense. They don't get in the defensive stance position. It's like, why? But they've been doing that. The, and communication. They've been communicating, whether it be verbally or body language or hand signals. They've been communicating. Um And that's what I loved about last night, uh, about watching it. Um, So, is that they were, you know, motioning like, hey, you over here, um, you know, run the offense, you know, trying to do the things that the coaches implemented so that they could do. And then it was the refs. The, the refs, uh, by by the time they ended up on uh, varsity, they were just downright horrible. Um, ticky-tack fouls. They, so they would call the ticky-tack foul. Um, Blake Lanning, Mr. Lanning, um, got a foul called on him. Didn't even foul the guy. I don't believe. From my angle. Um, so, okay, we'll call that a tiki-tack foul. Number, f- I, I believe his name is, or not name, but I believe his number is 15 for Osceola. Went to block a shot, blocked it, got all ball, and they called a foul. And it's like, man, okay. Yet, when there was three people down there trying to rebound, and, you know, one one player had another player's arm, and they go to the ground, and the ball is bouncing around, and somebody else picks up the ball and goes up to shoot and, and gets hit, they don't call that foul. Oh, my God, those are the fouls that you should be calling. Like, some of these ticky-tack fouls, are unnecessary. Um, and, you know, I don't know if they know this, but here's here's some insight on officiating. Um, whenever you're shooting, if you shoot and the guy goes to block you and he hits your hand, That is not a foul. A lot of people don't know that. That's not a foul. Now, as he's shooting, his wrist is back. The top of his hand is more than likely pointed down. So the top of his hand, the palm, is on the ball. So he's not... So when you hit it, when I say hit his hand, he's more than likely already released the ball. 
unless you're coming from the side. And the only issue that I have coming from the side is then you're probably going to hit his arm or his elbow. Then that is a foul. But for purposes of explaining, if he shoots and as he releases, the guy goes up and blocks and just misses the ball and slap his, slaps his hand like that, like a high five, that's not a foul. Or if he's dribbling and you go to swipe at the ball, say that you come down downward swiping and you hit the top of his hand. That's not a foul. I don't know if the officials know that. I don't know if some of the fans know that. But that's not a foul. Because the hand is part of the ball. So therefore it's not a foul. When I first got my license, I had to reread that, I don't know, six or seven times. For it to make sense to me, I'm like, I don't get this. Like, what are they talking about? So there's that. Um, My other issue with officiating is there is a lot of carries. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of carries. Uh, By both teams. By both teams. Um, It's just crazy. Oh, man. So, yeah, um, there's that. Uh, It is, it's like night and day when I compare the start of the season to now. And if, if you're not tracking it, Go back to the beginning of the season. Watch, I don't know, anywhere between the first and fourth or fifth game. And then watch a game within the last two or three games. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Because it's it's uh, it's really night and day, the way they play basketball now. And they're starting to bring a team aspect to it, which is amazing. I've been preaching that to my son since day one. And I broke it down to him last night. And I said, okay, I said, let's talk about this. I said, you want to, you want to talk about this? I said, what have you done to help the team? I said, have you explained to the team anything? He's like, no. I said, then I said, you're not helping the team. I said, all the information I give you is information for you to share. I said, but since you want to bring it up, let's talk about baseball. Um, because he he thinks that he needs to shoot a three. I said, you shoot a three. I said, you're probably shooting about 8%. No, it's more than that. I said, no, it's not. I said, you want to know why? I said, shoot inside the three-point line. So he shot inside the three-point line, and he did exactly what I knew he was going to do. He doesn't jump when he's inside the three-point line. And I said, come here. And this is before the game. I said, I said, how do you shoot a three? He said, with my hands? I said, yeah, I get that. I said, do you jump? He's like, yeah. I said, then why don't you jump on when you're inside the three? I said, you do it during the game. I, I keep forgetting about it to tell you about it. I said, because you play during the game, and then I I forget, and I don't tell you. I said, but 
even during the game, I said, you've been blocked a couple times this year. And he's like, yeah. I said, because you never got off the floor. It's more like a hop. Like he barely gets up, or maybe his toes don't even leave the floor. If they do, it's like half an inch. I said, you get about six inches when you jump for a three and you release. I said, you get about a half an inch when you shoot inside the three-point line. Why? Well, I don't know. I said, jump like you're shooting a three. Work on the inside to make the outside better. And so after the game, we were talking about it. I said, this is what I'm talking about. I said, let's talk about baseball. And you're like, well, baseball has nothing to do with basketball. And I said, that's where you're wrong. I said, I'm going to incorporate baseball with basketball, and I'm going to show you how they coordinate. I said, I can take football and bring it into basketball. I'm going to show you how they coordinate. And so I broke it down to him, and I said, hey, I said, when a major league baseball player gets in a hitting slump, what do they do? I don't know. I said, they bring the tee out. And I'm going to, I'm actually, I was trying to hurry this up, but I'm actually going to cut this off. I'm going to let it load. I'm going to load it, and then I'm going to come back with part two.